This program is made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. It's Friday. We have had quite a week studying the wonderful Christmas story, which I call Christmas, the rest of the story. It's an entire series that I'm teaching right now that is filled with all the amazing insights about Christmas you've never heard before. It's 15 parts. And my friends, I want you to order this because I know you cannot possibly remember everything I've been sharing in the programs. There's just so much so many insights that you've never heard before and I had never heard. I had to dig deep to find all of this and it just thrilled my heart and that is why I'm sharing it with you. But I want you to have the entire series and it comes with a study guide. And we're offering you the book by the same name, Christmas, the rest of the story. Look at it, it's so beautiful. I worked on this book for two years, writing and writing and researching and affirming that everything in it was correct. And then we hired a graphic illustrator because I wanted you to be able to visually see everything that I was teaching in this book. And when you get this book, you will really understand it's a treasure. But you can order all of these things by going online or by giving us a call. And hey, when you reach out to us, please tell us how we can pray for you. We're a praying ministry. And if you'll call us, in fact, you can call us right now or get online and send us an email. The moment we get your email or we get your call, we're gonna release our faith and Jesus is gonna do what we ask. He's waiting for us to pray and we would love to pray with you. But today we're gonna be talking about who was Herod the Great. He was quite a figure in the story of Jesus. And on the screen behind me today, you see here a picture of Herod the Great in red looking at a model of Masada, an amazing fortress that he built near the Dead Sea. He built great things all over the land of Israel. And there was a reason that he was called Herod the Great. And that's what we're going to find out today. Buckle your seatbelt because this is going to be an interesting program. But first, Watch this, and then I'll be right back. The holiday season always brings about fond memories and cherished traditions. For many, one of those cherished traditions is the reading of the Christmas story. In Rick Renner's timeless new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, your family can uncover the beautiful details of the nativity story you have never heard. When I was growing up, I heard the same Christmas story year after year, and I loved it. When I got older, I found treasures in the Christmas story that no one had shared with me. That's what is in this book, and I wrote it to share with you and for you to share with those whom you love. Through its detailed watercolor illustration, Christmas, the rest of the story, invites families to explore the true meaning of Christmas as they interact with the story across decorated pages in a coffee table size format. When you call or go online right now to pre-order this book for just $35, you'll receive the eternal story of Christmas, now beautifully told in this timeless keepsake. Christmas is a special time when you can pass your faith on to your children and grandchildren. With this engaging new book, you can reinforce the true meaning of Christmas, Jesus, the Savior of the world. With magnificent illustrations across nearly 300 pages, your family will create a special tradition that will last for generations. 
great as a gift or enhancing your own traditions, pre-order the book Christmas, The Rest of the Story for just $35. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Don't miss this special Christmas offer. In today's program, we're asking and answering the question, who was Herod the Great? Well, Herod the Great is one of the most famous characters in human history. And history shows he was a paranoid tyrant who lived his life driven by the constant fear that someone would take his throne from him. But through political maneuvering and many, many brutal acts of murder, he was able to maintain his position as the king of Judah for more than 30 years. But he was a controlling, fearful, greedy, ruthless tyrant and so sexually promiscuous that it contributed eventually to his dreadful, gruesome, horrific, prolonged death. Ugh, he died such a bad death. But Mary and Joseph remained in Bethlehem until Jesus was dedicated in the temple. Then they returned home to Nazareth. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 2, verse 39, And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. Luke was an astute historian and wrote accurately of all the events around the birth of Jesus. But in Luke's gospel, there is no mention at all of the Magi, or there is no mention at all about the events connected to Herod the Great. There's no mention at all about the star that the Magi followed. There's no mention at all about the Magi's gifts and the value of them. There's no mention at all about the Holy Family's flight into Egypt or the killing of the innocents in Bethlehem. You know why? Because all of those events occurred nearly two years later, and Luke doesn't cover those events. Matthew covers those events. Two years later, different events took place. But we have the wrong impression that all of these events took place in Bethlehem. And the reason we have this crazy impression is because of painters, Italian painters from the Middle Ages. And the painters of the Middle Ages wanted to portray the whole story. Well, today we have videos, we have movies, so you can see one sequence after the other, but they did not have that ability. But because they wanted their viewers to see the whole story, they put the whole story on a single canvas. So on a single canvas, there was Mary giving birth to Jesus in a barn. It wasn't even in a barn, it was in a cave. And there's Joseph, and there's the angels, and there's the shepherds. Well, that's true. Luke tells us the shepherds came. But those Italian painters also portrayed for us the star of Bethlehem and portrayed the wise men that came. They put it all on a single canvas. They jumbled it all up together so we could see the whole picture at once, but it was all out of sequence. And so people for centuries have got the impression that all of it happened in Bethlehem, and it did not. Many of these events took place two years later, and greeting card companies have perpetuated the problem because they also put all of it on the front of their beautiful greeting cards, which we appreciate. But most of what people believe about the nativity comes from greeting cards, not from the Bible, and not from history. But Matthew is the one who tells us 
about Herod. Matthew is the one who tells us about the star. Matthew is the one who tells us about the Magi and the value of their gifts. Matthew is the one who tells us about the flight into Egypt and the killing of the innocents in the city of Bethlehem. All of these events occurred at least two years after Luke's chronicle of events. But let's begin with what Matthew tells us about Herod the Great. So let's go to Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1 where the Bible says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, there, finally Herod appears, behold, there came wise men or magi from the east to Jerusalem. So now the magi show up, verse 2, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star. Now the star shows, the star shows up. For we've seen his star in the east and we're come to worship him. Verse 3. And when Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. Verse 4. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Chapter 2, verse 5. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. Verse 6. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Chapter 2, verse 7. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. Verse 8. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Verse 9. And when they heard the king, they departed and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was, verse 10. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy, verse 11. And when they were come into the house, not into the cave which is in Bethlehem, but into the house. You see, by this time, two years had passed. They were already home in Nazareth in their house. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gold and frankincense and myrrh. And Matthew 2, 12 says, And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed to their own country another way. But here we have the introduction of Herod the Great to this amazing story. But what do we know about Herod the Great? Well, we know a lot from the Bible, but there are many historical sources that tell us a lot about Herod the Great. Josephus tells us so many details about the brutal acts of Herod the Great. Strabo, the great historian, gave us very lucid details about the life of Herod the Great. But Herod was called Herod the Great even during his lifetime. There were very few people in history who were called the Great while they were still living, but here are some examples. Ramses the Great, Cyrus the Great, Darius the Great, Alexander the Great, Herod the Great, Constantine the Great, Charlemagne the Great, Peter the Great, Catherine the Great. These are just a few of those that were called great while they were still living, and notice that Herod is one of them. And Herod the Great was known as a great politician, a great ruler, a great architect, a great builder, a great manipulator, a great tyrant who had great outbursts of anger and who committed great massacres. He was called Herod the Great for both good and bad reasons. But what exactly do we know about Herod 
the Great. Well, many, many books have been written about Herod the Great, but here is a summary. Herod the Great was born about seven decades before the birth of Christ, which places his birth in approximately 72 B.C. He was born into a very distinguished family and had a very wealthy family that rose to a place of importance during the rule of the Hasmonean dynasty. Herod's father was wealthy, very prosperous, and became an advisor to the Hasmonean court. And we're told by Josephus, that when Herod was growing up in this rich and influential home, he was athletic, tall, strong, well-educated, and an avid hunter that learned to ride horses. And his own rise to power was advanced when Julius Caesar announced that his father was a Roman citizen in the year 47 B.C. And soon after that, Herod was appointed governor of Galilee. Then he was appointed governor of Syria in 42 B.C. Slowly, he began to move through the ranks until eventually he became the king of Judah. He married 10 times, and among his wives was one named Miriam, a Hasmonean princess that he married to connect himself to the Hasmonean dynasty, but he really deeply loved her. Then in the year 40 BC, the Roman Senate appointed Herod to be the king of Judah, and after that, Herod declared that Jerusalem would be the seat of his new capital. But due to the fact that he was paranoid about being overthrown and replaced by someone else, at one point, Herod began killing and he executed 45 nobles all at once. Other famous people simply disappeared. No one really knew what happened to them. And during Herod's reign, he fought unceasingly to defend his position as king. He overthrew many plots against him, even allegedly by his own sons and other members of his extended family. He lived in a period of paranoia. He experienced frat fratricide, killing, conspiracy, civil disturbances, internal plots, international plots, counterplots, and lived in constant fear that one day a coup would displace him. And as a result of his struggle to stay in power, he became known as a shrewd king who was willing to do anything or sacrifice anybody to maintain his position. And because he was really a political manipulator, he became friends with a lot of powerful people. For example, he formed alliances with Julius Caesar, Augustus Caesar, Mark Antony, Cleopatra, Marcus Agrippa, and of course, He's most importantly connected to the story of Jesus. But when Herod first became king, he was so ruthless and so brutal and wanted to control Jerusalem. So the first official act of his reign was horrendous when he slaughtered the entire Sanhedrin in Jerusalem. And afterwards, he then removed the legitimate high priest and installed his own high priest along with a Sanhedrin of his own choosing. One high priest was actually his brother-in-law, whom he also later killed. Herod appointed six high priests, none of them descending from a priestly family. And from the beginning of his rule and throughout the time of Jesus, the high priests and the Sanhedrin were illegitimate puppets in Herod's hands. And one scholar says the Sanhedrin was the religious mafia that Herod used to control the city of Jerusalem. Wow. The Sanhedrin 
was so dominated by Herod that they convened and dismissed at his request, and it was primarily composed of Herod's family, friends, or close associates. This is how he was such a great manipulator. But he was great in many ways. One way is he was known far and wide as a great builder, and nearly everything that he built was colossal in scale. He built fortification walls, palaces, and fortresses all over the territory he ruled. He built significant structures at Jericho, Hebron, Caesarea Maritima. He expanded the grounds of the Temple Mount and expanded the size of the temple. He built theaters, amphitheaters, hippodromes, the legendary palace and city of Herodium south of the city of Jerusalem in the Judean desert. In fact, when people go to Israel today and visit all the sites, most of the sites that they visit are sites which were constructed by Herod the Great. But in his time, he improved trade routes, enlarged harbors, created new markets for dates, wine, olive oil, asphalt, and other products such as glass, pottery, perfume, prospered. All of these things prospered during his rule. He amassed a gargantuan library and surrounded himself with individuals who could help him run the affairs of state and manage increasing resources. He was known as a great businessman who was willing to even melt his own gold and silver jewelry into bullion for trade during economic crises. He allotted food supplies to neighboring states when they were in need to strengthen his power in the region. But Herod's rule was a time of great fear, great suspicion, and great massacre. And due to the attempts of those who tried to overthrow him many times, Herod became perpetually paranoid that a day would come when someone would succeed and a coup would overthrow him and he would be replaced. And when he heard rumors of a new king or a messiah, he went on a great rampage and begin to slaughter people. And this violent behavior kept the city of Jerusalem torn up all the time. Josephus tells us, Herod was a man cruel to all alike and one who easily gave into anger and was contemptuous of justice. And in fact, Josephus tells us, Herod even executed his own family members. He ordered his beloved wife, Miriam, to be executed when a rumor was circulated that she was conspiring with others to take his throne. Herod killed his brother-in-law for the same suspicion. He executed his three elder sons due to rumors they were conspiring to take his throne. He executed his wife's grandmother. He executed his mother-in-law and his brother-in-law. And this unthinkable slaughter of his own three sons is the reason that Augustus sees said, I would rather be Herod's pig than his son. And to show what strife there was in his family and those trying to take control, he altered his will six times during his life. My friends, this was a ruthless and shrewd man. How did Herod die? Well, the best available information tells us Herod died in 4 BC. And if that's correct, It means that Jesus was born two years earlier. So Jesus' birth would have been either in 7 or 6 B.C. But Josephus, who was the greatest historian who ever lived among the Jews, wrote that Herod died as a result of sexual diseases that he contracted during his multiple sexual 
escapades. He was also known for his great sexual promiscuity. And history says Herod slept with an unimaginable number of people. Josephus literally says Herod was a slave to his passions, and he died a miserable death at his palace in Jericho. And Josephus and other historical sources recorded that Herod was consumed by worms that devoured his sexual organs. And in the end, this great, powerful, shrewd politician, military commander, and masterful manipulator was unable to control his own sexual instincts. And in the end, this is what killed Herod. And Josephus wrote the following about Herod's death. Listen to this. From this time onwards, Herod's malady began to spread to his whole body, and his sufferings took a variety of forms. He had fever, though not a raging fever, an intolerable itching of the whole skin, continuous pain in the intestines, tumors in the feet as in dropsy, inflammation of the abdomen, and gangrene of the private parts, engendering worms in addition to asthma, and with great difficulty in breathing and convulsions in all of his limbs. And Herod was so fearful that no one would cry when he died, that even when he was on the very edge of death, he gave an order. And here is the order of Herod the Great. When you hear that I'm on my deathbed and I'm dying, gather all the Jewish princes of Israel and bring them into the Hippodrome. Corral them by whatever means necessary, arrest them, and drag them there against their will. And once it's been announced that I've died, kill all the Jewish princes in the Hippodrome. If you slaughter them, their families will cry, and all of Israel will cry too. This was his attempt to be sure that somebody would cry on the day that he died, because he knew naturally nobody would cry at the news of his death. But guess what? When Herod's death was announced, all the princes were released from the Hippodrome, and instead of crying, it was a day of great rejoicing in the land of Israel. But all of that is just a very brief summary of Herod the Great, who plays a very important role in the story of Jesus, especially in his younger years. But in the next program, we're going to see who were the magi that came to worship Jesus. How many of them were there? What were their names? What do we know about them? And what eventually happened to them? Don't miss the next program. It's going to be wonderful. But I'll be back in just a moment, and I want to pray for you. Do you really know the story of Christmas? Is there more to the story about the birth of our Savior than what you've been told? In this series, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick Renner dives deep into the parts of the Christmas story that most people have never heard. Rick says, I've studied this story for decades, and I found fabulous treasures no one ever shared with me. In this series, we explore the Bible, history, historical writings, and so much more, so we can really understand all the events that took place surrounding the birth of Jesus. Rick answers questions like, why did God choose Mary? Was Joseph really a carpenter? Why was Herod so troubled by Jesus' birth? Who were the Magi? And what was the estimated value of their gifts? This 15-part documentary-type series is available in digital or physical format, starting at just $24. And then we're excited to also offer you Rick's stunning new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, for a special new release price of $35. It's a book you'll want to share with friends and family at this time of the year. 
year. This hardcover, 300-page, fully illustrated book is a keepsake that friends and family will pass on to future generations. Don't miss this special offer, the series, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, and the beautiful book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friends, this is Rick Renner and today I am standing in the foyer of Rick Renner Ministries in Tulsa, Oklahoma and I just wish I could pick you up and bring you here to see all the wonderful ministry that is happening in this facility where we receive thousands and thousands of phone calls from people just like you who reach out to us for prayer and for teaching they can trust. Proverbs 10, 21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many, and we know that's our job. Our job is to feed many. And I wanna say thank you to you for everything you've helped us do with your giving. You helped us construct our studio, purchase this building, and now in phase three of our ministry expansion program, we're wanting to pay this facility off so we can liberate all that money to take the teaching of the Bible around the world on additional channels and venues. And by being a part of our giving team, you can really help us make this happen. If you're not already a part of our giving team, please pray about joining us. And together we can join hands and through teaching of the Bible and by ministering to people that reach out to us and by sending teaching products around the world, we can really change people's lives. And it's amazing to me that today it's never been easier to make an impact in somebody else's life right from where you are. Think about that. You don't even have to get out of your chair. Just go online or make a phone call and bam, by becoming a part of the giving team, you can do something that reaches beyond your world into somebody else's life to really make a difference. That is powerful. And according to the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus promises that if we'll go, or if we'll do what we can do to help others go with the Word of God, His power will show up in our lives. So thank you for praying about being a part of our giving team. And the moment you join, I want you to really expect the power of God to show up in your life. Well, today we've been talking about who was Herod the Great. He was quite a character. And as we've seen, he was great in a lot of ways, both good and bad. But he played a very pivotal role in the story of Jesus. And he's going to show up again. Because when those magi show up in Jerusalem, it throws him into an emotional tailspin because once again, he thinks there's a new Messiah that's going to take his throne. And he was so enraged. And the Bible says all of Jerusalem was upset with him because they knew he was going to start slaughtering people if he suspected there was another new Messiah. But hey, we're going to get back to that next week. On Monday, we're going to see who were the Magi. Don't miss it. You're going to learn so much. But today is the last day of this week, which we're offering this series called Christmas, The Rest of the Story. Amazing insights about Christmas that you've never heard before. It's 15 parts, and it comes in multiple formats with a great study guide that you can read while you're seeing or hearing it. And we're offering you my book by the same name. Oh, I'm so excited about this book. Please get it. Christmas, the rest of the story. Look at it. 
It's about 300 pages, full color, fully illustrated. So you won't just read about it, but you'll feel like you're stepping right into the story. We invested two years of our life to produce this for you. So you will really experience Christmas, the rest of the story. But I want to pray for you. Father, we thank you that we do not have to be like Herod the Great, that if we will abide by your word, obey your word, we can have holy and blessed lives. We thank you that you want to plan for us a great life, a great blessing, a great future, and we take it by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I'll see you Monday, but until then, remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power. This program is made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries.